Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Now Zion to the rack. Lay it in good over Niang and Gobert. Yeah, got in front of Gobert and able to beat him to the glass on the layup. Zion yes, taking sir. it right at Derek Favors. Lay in good with a left hand. The misses for Utah turning into points for the Pelicans. Shot fake back to Conley in the corner. Another double pump. That's Throws good. up an air ball. That's excellent. Rebound Zion. That is excellent. To Zoe, up the floor, Josh That Hart. is excellent. The two-hand flush. What's that? <laughs> and the Jazz beat, or the Jazz get beat by the Pelicans, 129-124. Who's the Pelicans analyst, Jock? Do you know? I do not know. That is excellent. He was excellent, though. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he gets paid a lot of money. Jazz getting beat in transition. Jazz get beat badly in the third quarter. A 40-point third quarter. And when Quinn Snyder said that, you could just kind of hear him grinding his teeth. That drove him nuts. And they could have gotten away with it if they played better defense either before or after that. But the 33-point second quarter and the 30-point fourth quarter is just 129. When you give that up, PK, you're usually going to get beat. And the Jazz got beat despite a strong close in the final three minutes. So you're going to contribute, just to attribute most, if not all, of their losses to defense. Uh, well, yeah, when you give up 129 points, I am. I mean, I can't say most. I don't know what most of their losses are going to look like. But, yeah, I'm going to attribute a lot of this to defense. I mean, it's, you know, when you're when you're turning the ball over and uh, missing shots and giving up long rebounds, some of it is obviously on the offense. That was, that's what gets the transition started. But you're supposed to be getting guys back. And they didn't. Yeah, well, you, you know, I'm, stand up for what you believe in, man. Don't, don't be hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can never completely unravel it. I mean, one feeds into the other. But, yeah, when the Pelicans shoot 56% and score 129 points, I'm, I'm probably going to point at the defense. Well, they only had eight turnovers, so that wasn't that much of an issue. The fast break points were an issue, though. I thought the transition really hurt them in the first half. In the, in the third quarter, everything fell apart. I mean, it just everything went wrong. What do you attribute it to? Certainly that transition stuff, it seems like there was so many easy buckets there in that quarter you speak of. And it was excellent. It was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. It was excellent. Yeah, it was excellent. <laughs> so uh, they allowed too many easy points right at the rim. My yep. goodness gracious. Uh, 56% obviously is a, a significant factor. And they they went old school. Only took eleven threes. Somewhere mm-hmm. Jerry Sloan is smiling. Yep. Uh, you know, and the Jazz uh, took forty three. I mean, that's wow. That's that's new school. More. Yeah. <laughs> that's new school. That is not old. School. Uh, I think they've got to find a way to to get Joe Ingles going when Conley's there. You know, I, I sort of think that they're almost duplicate players. And it's like you only get one of them. Do they need both of them? You know, Conley, 10 points. He's okay. But Joe Zippo, nothing. And we know when Conley's out, Joe elevates his game big time. 
They're seven and zero when Conley's out. And Joe normally plays a lot better, statistically anyway, when has the opportunities. So it's like when Conley's back, a lot of times it just cancels out Joe. And it certainly did last night. He was a complete and total non-factor. Joe plays a few uh, fewer minutes, so I think that's one factor. I think what you say, you know, that role that Conley is in, when Joe's in it, he's more effective. When Joe's with the bench unit, you know, the ball's going to be in Clarkson's hands a lot, and Joe's going to have a lot of possessions where he just doesn't touch the ball. Yeah, Clarkson's going to go to work and do his thing. And 20 points on 7 of 14 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. You can't really argue with the production that Clarkson gives you, but it goes back to uh, what I said about the Celtics. Too many shooters, not enough shots. And so you want Joe to go out there and get 15 or 20 because he's capable of it, but there's only so many possessions and there's only so many shots. So I think you're onto something with the whole duplicate thing. Because now, Conley can be better, then that's okay, but he yeah. wasn't. And that shot he took at the end? Not good. I mean, I know these guys are our heroes and they're supposed to be, we don't criticize them, but that was a two-pointer no less. Yep. And you had more time. I mean, that was just an you could have played horrendous multiple, decision. Multiple possessions and fouled. You could have gone and got something in the paint. Yeah. Played for two, fouled, and then because they were, I mean, the Pelicans were really committed to defending the three-point line in that position, possession. I mean, they came out and they were getting after it. So to force a three, which, as you say, wasn't even a three because you put a foot on the line, so now yeah. that's a two. Uh, that was that was the best case scenario for the Pelicans and the worst case scenario for the Jets. And then Mitchell didn't shoot the ball well. Seven of twenty-one, one of eight. Yep. All right, Jazz now one and two on the road trip, and they've still got to go to Philadelphia tomorrow night to finish the first half of the season. More on the Jazz coming up. Stay with us. We will get to that. Big T Thor Bailey is going to join us at eight thirty. DJ and PK is ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Hashtag NBA. Sexton out near the half-court line. Sexton comes right of the lane, stops, shoots, hits! Wow. Colin Sexton makes it 97-89. How about 37 for Colin Sexton? Here comes Doncic, fakes the three, goes left to Porzingis, in the lane for Luka, and then back out to Finney Smith. Down low for Doncic for the dunk. How about that for some in-and-out basketball? There it is. Good looking. Jamal Murray has it on the high left side. Gets a pick from Nikola Jokic. Through the window to Joker. Dock! Two hands and a foul as well on Chicago. His 22nd dunk of the year. Hard in the front court. Right of the lane. Driving it. Flips it off the window and it's good for James Harden. You get the feeling Harden saying, if I can do this by myself, I'm going to do it. James Harden. 30 points, 14 rebounds, 15 assists, a triple-double. The Nets beat the Spurs 124-113. They needed overtime, but they get it done in San Antonio. And then afterwards, Kyrie Irving saying, get used to it. The Nets are figuring it out, PK, and Harden's going off. Well, yeah, they're winning a fair amount of ball games, so yep. sure, fine. They're 10 games over 500 now, and they get that win. Uh, the Sixers, the Jazz will see them on Monday. The Sixers got 24 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists from Joel Embiid. And they beat the Indiana Pacers 130-114. to The Sixers and the Nets in a race at the top of the East. Those two 
pushing each other. Philly remains a half game up on Brooklyn well, after that win. That, that's a standard ball game for Embiid. They had two guys I'm not even aware of off the bench combined for 46 points. As you scramble to find out who they were. That will get you a win. <laughs> yes, who were they? Two guys? Yeah. Two youths? Milton, Milton and the dude from uh, Turkey. Korkmaz. Ferton Korkmaz. What do you know about Ferdinand Korkmaz? He's from Turkey. Nothing. Uh, I, had to go, look nothing. Him. I literally, when I saw that box score, I had to look him up. I, I literally knew nothing. I'm not going to pretend I know everything. I'm not all things to all people. I had no clue who he was. I had to look it up. You going to tell us anything about him? He's from Turkey. That's okay. all I friggin' know. Okay. I already told you. <laughs> I thought maybe you found out more when you looked him up. Portland beat the Hornets 123-111. Carmelo gave the Blazers 29. The Blazers staying over 500. Just a few games over 500, but they're there, staying afloat, waiting to get CJ. CJ McCollum rolling. Rockets not staying a, not staying afloat, PK. They are dropping like a rock. 101-90, they lose to Cleveland. You heard Colin Sexton highlight there. He had 37. He finished with 39. The Cavs are not very good, but good enough to beat the Rockets. We've now lost 12 in a row. A spectacular streak. And the Nuggets picked up a win. Jokic, the Joker, 39 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists. Misses a triple-double by 1 assist, but that's an outstanding stat line. They beat Chicago 118-112. Luka Doncic also missed a triple-double by one assist. Mavs beat the Magic 130-124, to but he had 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. And the Hawks fired coach Lloyd Pierce. 14-20 start. He was midway through his second season. Longtime NBA coach Nate McMillan will take over as the interim coach. Nate's back. Long run with the Pacers. With the Sonics back in the day. Played for them. Long-time NBA guy. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I would say he's, he's a sly, kind of athletic person. He's a more mobile Tom Brady. You know, he's, he's very athletic, I would say. But he's very smart, too. Um, you know, not just on the field. He's smart off the field as well. Um, but he's a great person. He's a really great person. And, you know, a lot of the guys... You know, when, when I was playing at Alabama, uh, they really loved being around, you know, his personality and who he was. So I, I'm thinking whatever team gets him, I mean, they're going to be very lucky. He's a great player. Tua Valoa pumping up Mac Jones is an NFL prospect right there. Quarterbacks are like coaches, PK. Do you, teams have to gamble on one, but do you really want to say that's the guy? Because you never know how it shakes out. Well, you don't know completely. No, I agree with that. Some guys maybe you feel better about than others. Uh, and he's one of these prospects. It's intriguing how much was the system. I mean, there's all sorts of talent. They had a great receiver who won the Heisman, and they said he wasn't even the best receiver on the team because the other guy got hurt. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the same thing as we've seen with high school guys. Okay, we draw up this play, and I've got two D1 receivers and a pretty good offensive line. So I never really have to adjust on the fly or anything, and I don't have guys in my face, and so we run the play as it's supposed to be, and away we go. And so we've seen a number of guys with just awesome high school stats not be anything at the college level. And so you see the same thing here. I'm not, I 
don't know the answer to that, but certainly he's this young man's going to get his opportunity, and, and if you're him, that's really all you want. Kansas City Chiefs expect Patrick Mahomes will be recovered from his recent toe surgery in time to participate in the team's June minicamp and be fully fit to take part in training camp later this summer. So, Chiefs fans, don't have to obsess about that. All is well. Man, I was nervous about that one. Thought you might be. Texans star J.J. Watt is joining the Arizona Cardinals. J.J. made the announcement on social media. He's going to get a two-year deal with $31 million. $23 $23 million guaranteed. That is more money than I thought he was going to get. I thought he was probably going to go to a playoff team, try to elevate him to a Super Bowl team, but he's he's going to go to a decent team and try to elevate him to a playoff team, and, and we'll see what they do after that. Renewed my season tickets on the spot. Yeah. Did you call your, uh, call your sister, gauge the enthusiasm among the Cardinals season ticket holders? I did not, no. I figured that uh, everybody is excited about that. I saw somebody put out a gif of uh, Jamal Murray and J.J. Watt arriving in to training camp, and it was Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the, <laughs> that movie. Because, you know, Murray is pretty small and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was sort of out of left field. I, I mean, I listened to sports radio there for about... 15 minutes and I said okay that's enough because that's all they're going to talk about all day and they were surprised and stunned and overwhelmed and excited and all those types of things that you can think of when a megastar signs with your team now is he going to be a megastar there he's had injury issues yep but I don't know but uh, I think at what 32 years of age he still has the opportunity to be very productive Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers giving back, donating more than a million dollars to small businesses in and around his hometown of Chico. Chico, California, in uh, Northern California, Rodgers created a small business COVID-19 fund last month with an initial half-million-dollar donation. He doubled it. Some other people kicked in another hundred grand. So it's for businesses with 20 employees or less. A lot of restaurants that are struggling through COVID and all that, so... He said there were applications, videos. It was heart-wrenching to hear some of the stories about the obstacles facing restaurants and retail establishments. So uh, he's, hope, he's hoping this helps get some of them uh, get through this and get to the other side and uh, be successful again. Oh, that's absolutely awesome. That's what I want to hear. I don't want somebody put a sign or take a knee. Uh, that, that's all good, good on you for doing that. But uh, I want real action and real results and real helping and all that stuff and and this goes towards that it is heart-wrenching there's no doubt about it yeah a lot of people have lost work and are suffering greatly hopefully this will help some businesses uh keep an employee on or pay some rent pay some utilities whatever it is they need to to get through this this is what it's about good job by aaron Rodgers. and washington is uh cut ties with alex smith yes alex smith can now look for a spot i don't know compete for a starter or Maybe go somewhere and, uh, you know, he got such rave reviews from Mahomes for working together with him for a year. You wonder if one of the teams that drafts somebody will bring him in either to play a little bit or be there in case the other guy falls. It'll be interesting to see how many people are interested in him and what his options are. He didn't sound like a guy who wanted to retire. so. But it'll be hard to get get anyone to really to commit to him as the starter uh, given the injuries he's had in the past, but... Five and one as a starter this year. The stats weren't great, but 
He went out there and helped them win some games, so it's got to appeal to somebody, you'd think. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Yeah, they can throw. There are a lot of good throws today. Uh, you could tell that there's a competition going on, but you know, the guys weren't shy to throw the ball down the field. And I, I was really pleased with the targets that, that they're thrown to. The guys uh, caught the ball really well. And what you're used to in day one is the administrative penalties. So, like, guys misaligned and guys being in the wrong spot and maybe some false starts here and there. And we didn't have any of that. So, that's a good sign for us, you know, that it was really clean as far as administrative penalties. That should happen when you have a bunch of veterans there. But what was really cool was the, the fact that the twos and the threes didn't have any of those either so that's a good sign for us there's Kalani Sataki finding the positive as spring ball gets underway it's the little things PK they're lining up right they're not jumping and coach him up from there you don't have to work on those basics well I think you come up with something to say when you're on zoom call or skype whatever it is and so that's what he decided to go with and fine BYU announcer adding Navy and Royal Blue Helmets to their uniform combinations. Also, right after our show yesterday, they announced they've got a home-and-home with Ole Miss in 2028 and 2029. Also got a game with Dixie State in 2024. As Tom Momo gets away from building schedules on a week-to-week and month-to-month basis and goes back to signing games for when my kids will be in high school. Eight years out. It'll be here. We've laughed about other stuff that's been signed eight years out and Games eventually get there, so. Ole Miss, put them back on the schedule. That was how they started Independence. Kyle Van Oy getting the win at Ole Miss. Alabama moving ahead with plans to host full-capacity college football games at Bryant-Denny Stadium this coming season. Their AD announced yesterday, Greg Byrne, it tweeted a short statement. After news early in the day, the school will be returning to in-person instruction without restrictions on classroom capacity in the fall. Bama Reduced capacity to 20% last fall due to COVID-19. Sounds like they're anticipating lots of folks getting the shots, being vaccinated, and ready to go in the fall. Sports start to look and sound normal, hopefully, PK. Yeah, I agree. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. It's all very odd. I haven't done that in a while. It's been like almost... I don't know, a year and a half since we've had baseball and fans in the stands, so it was cool. Happy to have the fans back for sure. And locked it in, in the second inning, which is good, so felt good. That's Trevor Bauer, new Dodger pitcher. Getting used to that old feeling. Hearing noise when you pitch instead of hearing the ball hit the catcher's glove and echo around the park. Major League Baseball has brought back... Uh, in-game video, PK, on dugout iPads this season. That kind of went away after the whole Astros thing blew up. But now players can watch video of at-bats with the catcher signals clipped out of the video. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Red Sox use the mercy rule for the first time as spring training games get going. Uh, they can end an inning after a pitcher has thrown 20 pitches. So bases loaded, one out. Oh, that's 20 pitches and we're done. He's at the bail Garrett Richards out, and then he had a one, two, three second inning. The result's not the deal in spring train, PK. Just get the work in. Don't worry so much about the situation, I guess. No. Uh, yeah, I thought they had something along those lines uh, in prior years. I don't know if it was 20 pitches or whatever it was. Uh, I've seen it before. Uh, I watched some baseball yesterday. My DirecTV with my Fox, any game that's on 
that's that they put on Fox I can get for spring training without having to pay for the package. So I was with the Angels. They only played five innings in their game. So I was watching that one, watching the Dodgers. It's good to have it back. And then I just torture myself. Man, that's in my community. I could be enjoying that weather right now. <laughs> and then you look out and see snow. <laughs> yeah. There's no job too big or small. What is trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. They got you covered. No job too big or small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, Guy Holiday, former University of Utah wide receivers coach, will join us at 805. Big T Thurl Bailey at 830 to talk about the Jazz recent struggles. There's a phrase they haven't had to use. And Derek Bodner, senior writer for the Athletic Philadelphia. He's covering the 76ers. It's the Jazz and the Sixers in Philly tomorrow night. We'll talk with Derek coming up at 9 o'clock. Question of the day coming up next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes to Toast brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Right now, you can get up to $6,000 in purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today at Jerry Signer Cadillac. Question of the day, a valiant late effort, but the Jazz still falls short in New Orleans. Disappointed yet? Jero says, not disappointed. They fought hard, but you got to give credit to the Pelicans. They fought harder. I was disappointed with that loss. Because the Pelicans aren't that good. First one in a while I was disappointed with. And there were warning signs along the way, and if they'd ratcheted it up a little earlier, they would have won it. But they waited until there's three minutes left, and they couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah, Harpering was talking about being fatigued, but somehow they weren't fatigued at the end of the game when they made it just an unbelievable comeback. Uh, and obviously they felt the uh, time was running out. So the sense of urgency was very, very great. And they responded. You know, they had an opportunity to take the lead, and that was awesome. And Mitchell on that driving shot, you know, he made a little move there at the right elbow, and then I thought, okay, he's got a lane. Go ahead and take it. Now, he didn't make the shot. I can live with that. Uh, the, the final possession there with Conley, I can't live with that. That was brutal. It's, that was a horrendous decision. They can't, you can't do that. I know he's supposed to be an all-star, and it's the world's greatest ripoff and all this stuff, but you can't do that. And so that that was a problem. That transition defense you speak of was awful. So... Uh, the, the prior two losses, I, I'm okay with, but this one, no. Tony says they looked like zombies in the third quarter. All-star break's hitting at the right time. Maybe a little something to the all-star break, but I thought the comparison was with the Pacers game. And a lot of things you point out, PK, like they were fatigued when they went to Indiana. It was the same deal. It was the third road game in four days. They had played a back-to-back that had a day off. That part of the scheduling was the same. And they were fatigued in Indiana, 
but they had that sense of urgency earlier, and they were able to grind it out, and we came in here and complimented them on Monday after they won that early Sunday tip-off thing. And, hey, they were tired, but the sense of urgency kind of helped them push through it. And, like, they were just bound and determined they were going to win that game. And this one, I thought they were fatigued, but they didn't have the same urgency. They weren't grinding. They didn't have the urgency until the last three minutes. They had it then. But the rest of the time, it kind of felt like, hey, we'll trade shots, we'll hit shots, we'll trade for three for two, and we'll be okay. And they weren't okay. It just kept slipping away until they were down by 17. And the start of the fourth quarter, I thought maybe they were kind of getting into it, but they were still trading hoops and giving up easy buckets. And to be fair, as bad as they were at times in transition, they also had some pretty lousy half-court defensive sets, too, where the Pelicans were still getting in and just getting easy stuff right at the rim, five, five feet and in. So, and and you, can, you can gripe about the end of the game. And well, there was a lot to be happy about in the, in the later stages of the game, but you can gripe about, you know, uh, on that shot you talk about with Mitchell, you know, there was the, uh, the foul on uh, Rudy going over the back. Well, he went over the back. I mean, I know they don't always call it at that point in the game, but he was over the back. It's about all the possessions you gave away earlier in the game. If that's over the back, there should have been a lot more calls than that. And I get it. They don't always call it. They don't. you know. But still, you set yourself up. And they set themselves up with how they played through the middle of the game. That was where everything went, went south. So if we're going to be pumped when they grind through that situation against the Pacers, I think you've got to be disappointed when they... Don't grind through it against the Pelicans. Tyson says, it's not whether you win or lose. All that matters is that everyone had fun. And then he's got a laughing emoji. So I think Tyson was probably a little disappointed by that. Throwing the old cliche out there. Kurt says, as Denny Green once said, the Jazz are who we thought they were. Beyond disappointment, PK. Tearing everything down that they built up with their 11 and 9 game win streaks. Yeah, that's an extreme exaggeration. <laughs> Dyson says, I'm very disappointed. Shaking my head at that terrible defense all game. Rudy's been getting bullied the last few games, and if you want to be the defensive player of the year, you got to do better than that. We need better perimeter defense as well. Bogey is such a liability defensively. I know we don't want to mess up chemistry, but I think we need to make a move or two at the deadline, in my opinion. Well, sure. You can always get better. Depends on who, who's out there and what you have to give up. I, I have no idea on that. I, have, you know, I, I heard that uh, I saw somebody out of Houston or someplace that they were one of three or four teams who were interested in P.J. Tucker. Of uh, Houston, as Houston conducts a fire sale as they're going nowhere and maybe get rid of some of their veterans and start their rebuild in full earnest here. So depending on what you have to give up for P.J. Tucker, he's he's a gritty, hard-nosed, junkyard dog kind of a guy. Occasionally he can hit a three, but only 6'5", I think, but plays a lot harder and a lot bigger than that. So I would be interested in that, some type of role player. It's not like they need a lot. It's not like they're going to be able to get a lot. Uh, so uh, I can see some improvement. I think they, going back to what we said earlier, they got to find a way to incorporate Ingles when Conley's playing. Conley wasn't good enough against uh, the Pelicans, and then conversely, Joel was a complete and total non-factor. And that's been an issue. It's been an issue there. 
of getting Joe to play to his ability when Conley's in the lineup. How do they put the ball in his hands more? That's the question. And how do you juggle the rotation so there's more possessions where Joe's initiating the offense? Because when he's used in the corner as a, as a decoy and that corner three-point shooter, nobody's going to leave him. He's got too good a rep. He shot the three too well for too long. So it may help the other guys play in the middle of the floor and you know get in a four-on-three and a three-on-two and all that stuff, but it's not going to get Joe involved. And it's not going to get Joe running pick and rolls and creating for other guys. And Joe's not going to get a lot of shots. They're and he's too him. good of a player to have two assists and zero points. Brian says they lost. It happens. Every team hits good and bad streaks. Jazz will be fine. Fans need to get a grip and take the good with the bad. This case would be take the bad with the good, but I get your point. They are 3-3 three and three in their last six, PK, and after winning 20 out of 21, 3-3 three and three in the last six doesn't feel so good. No, it's too casual of an attitude. I don't accept, well, just because that's the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way I would approach it. I don't think that's the way Quinn Snyder is approaching these things that either. Wasn't, that wasn't his uh, facial language. I was going to say his body language, but you don't see that much of it. But, but the look in his eyes, I mean, he's got the mask on in the postgame, but the look in his eyes, yeah, he was pretty fired up postgame. Yeah, because if they play like this, they'll lose to Philadelphia, and then they'll go one and three, and be three and four in their last seven. Yep. And they go into the All Star break on a downer, and now you have a week off. I don't know that that anything comes at a good time. You you that stuff is like a buy in college football. You can spin that any way you want. Like it comes at a great time for the Jazz because they're tired, but everybody else is fresh as can be. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy that. Everybody else isn't fresh. These are dog yeah. days. Other teams have back-to-backs. Other teams yeah. are grinding. Other teams have had guys gassed and, you know, little issues and have, have sat them. And there's a whole list of games where the Jazz haven't faced guys, either because of a significant injury or, or a minor one. But either yeah, way, Yeah, I just view all them. that as excuses as to why you can't win and why you didn't win. I mean, the, the Pelicans played Saturday, too. And they lost to uh, the Spurs, I think it was. So that's all. Nah, that, that that's the stuff I can't accept, and and I'm not going to. And I know we're going to hear it. You know, they're tired and they need to go to the break. Well, yeah. Well, so the, but the other guys, they, they're they're running around just as fresh as can be. They've had three <laughs> weeks off, playing two games a week. Nope. Yeah, I don't really, I I don't understand all that stuff. To me. That's just a blah, blah, blah. Well, they had the peak, and when you, when you have that, you want to extend it as long as you can, and 20 of 21 is pretty good. And you know there's going to be a valley, but you got to minimize yeah. it. And this thing's at 3-3, three three, and I think exactly what you said about, you know, th- that, that game they played against the Pelicans, it'll get them beaten Philly. Now the valley's 3 of 4, and it's going to happen. I mean, it's you can find plenty of teams that won championships, and they had this, but... All those teams try to minimize. I mean, the Lakers just went through a rough stretch, right? But, man, as soon as they got one guy back, they were pushing to get out of that. We, they got to get it. Man, it's, this is a lull. This is bad. And there was no, hey, we're going to ease back into this. It's like they flipped the switch, and they went out and got wins. You just can't. When you get in one of these stretches, I mean, they do happen to everybody, and they just happen to the Lakers. But when you have a chance to get out of it, you got to get out of it as fast as you can. You can't just be really like, well... We'll get out of it eventually, you know, maybe after the break. And No, get out of it as soon as you can. 
Well, I'm not talking about peaks and valleys and all that stuff. None of that matters in the moment when you're playing the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. That That's the only thing that matters. Everything else, you, well, this is what happens over the course of the season, and then I recite history. Well, that, that just doesn't fly with me. I'm in the moment. I try to live in the moment here. And this, I want to talk about the New Orleans game. That's all that matters. Any peak or valley or what have you, what they did in January and February, there's no bearing on what they're doing against New Orleans. That's the game. That's the game that they let slip away because they didn't play near to their ability. That's what's what's relevant. And that's why Quinn has that look in his eyes because they didn't play near their ability. Yeah, Pelicans shouldn't be shooting over 50% and scoring over 120 points. The Jazz are a bad team when they give up 120 points or more. They're two and four this year. And you gotta defend better than that. And if you have a bad quarter, you gotta pull it together. I thought halftime was a time to pull it together. Fifty nine points and a half to the Pelicans, that's a huge number. Fifty nine is a and they had the lead, sixty four fifty nine. So if you tighten up the act then you're gonna be okay. Instead they gave up forty in the third. Yeah, and on layup drill. Yeah. Lots and of shots inside the And you five foul Reddick twice and they give him four point plays. That has nothing to do with a peak or a valley. That has nothing to do with being tired. That's just dumb play. Don't do that. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. It's an old John Wooden saying. And I, I, I never understood that. What is Who's Cause cowardly? Because you, you break down and you do stuff you shouldn't do. But J.J. Redick, who's well, 37 foul. years old, you man, he's JJ just Redick. fresh as a daisy. Don't. And he's got so much energy, and he just he's just pumping full of testosterone. I mean, <laughs> he, he was getting tats, more tats on his other arm, because he was so excited and was so alive and like he had just been born. I don't buy all that. The last you thing you want to do guy, is a foul. shooter yeah. twice on three-point shots. That has nothing to do with cowardly or fatigue. That's that's just bad play. I don't want to hear it. Don't put J.J. Redick at the line. He's a really good shooter. It's going to go poorly. Yeah. In a one-possession game, that's eight points, according to my math. Doesn't really need to be done, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you can come up with all the reasons why, and every single one of them goes in my ear and goes out the other. You foul the shooter twice, 20-some feet from the bucket. Were you thinking you were going to block a shot? George Niang, are you going to block a shot? I mean, you're a, a noted shot blocker in this league. Randy says no defense for three quarters. The Jazz deserved to lose. Well, they did. And there you go. I mean, you, whatever the result is, that's what you deserve. <laughs> so, that's, of course they deserve to lose. They lost. Greg so, says, no, I'm not disappointed. Nobody wins them all. That's true. It's not about winning them all. You just it's don't about have the to New lose Orleans to a, Pelicans game. You don't have to lose to a team that's dragging in the standings the way the Pelicans are. Yeah. When the I mean, ones they, you're supposed they, they've to They've got NBA players. They were five games under 500, though, and the Jazz are the better team. And if they defend it, like they, you say, if you don't foul J.J. Redick, you give yourself a chance to win the game. They weren't the better team. Well, they should have been. Right, but you can't say they are the better team. No, it's about this game. In the moment, this game. They've got multiple All-Stars on their team. So 
Give them credit. It's not taking away anything from them. They've got players. This is what the NBA is about. Virtually every team has players who can get you on a given game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Guy Holiday, former Ute wide receiver coach, is coming up at 8.05. Big T Thurl Bailey at 8.30. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. Dirt, dust, dander, and allergens are no match for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Want the contaminants gone? Call Zero Res. Right now, just $33 per room to get your carpets. Zero res clean, but minimums apply. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online. Zero res carpet cleaning. All right, the question of the day. Are you disappointed? A valiant late effort, but the Jazz falls short. Are you disappointed yet? Josh says the one seed is huge, and losing a team they are better than is disappointing. Missing out on the one seed because of losses like this would be disappointing. Yes. Think bigger picture. You know, when times are hard, do you recognize they're hard and do you change what you have to change on the fly in the middle of the game so you get the result you need? Because you're going to have to do that in the playoffs against much better competition. And when you don't do it against the Pelicans, what makes you think you're going to do it in the playoffs? I think that's probably the thing people find big picture disappointing. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would go there, though. Why? Because I have to allow them to improve. I can't just take them at face value, and this is who they are. And they can't get better. They can't make adjustments. Oh, I buy that. I mean, if they have, if they figure out when things are going south in a game and whatever you're doing wrong, you know, you're getting beat on the perimeter and too many guys yeah. are getting into the paint and putting Rudy in a two-on-one. Uh, you know, if you can figure that out in the game and change it, that is an awesome skill to have, you know. <laughs> that is, that is, and if you're looking for teams to go deep in the playoffs and win it all, they usually have that, you know. And as there's a million stories about that, you know, Phil Jackson sitting over there not calling timeout and let those guys figure it out. And that's what he's getting his teams ready to do. Figure it out. When st- stuff is going to go wrong, you're going to play poorly. How bad is the stretch going to be? If they had only defended poorly in the second quarter, they would have won the game. You know, if they figured it out earlier. They had it figured out. They got a bunch of stops in the last three minutes. But Bowler and Harper kept talking about the game, and they haven't had three stops in a row yet. And and Quinn was just in his, uh, I don't know if it was a pregame or a postgame, I think it was a pregame Zoom, about a week ago, maybe it was a little less than that even, saying when you have a 10-0 run, the most important part is the zero. You can be going down court scoring, that's great, but if you get three and they get two and you get two and they get two, if it's 10-6, that's not as good. You know, you're hot. You need to make sure you're playing great defense because that's how you drop 10 0 on them. You need to get the stops. Well, you, you got to have offense too. Yeah. But when you get the 10, because you score on, you know, well, they don't even, I was going to say you score on five straight possessions, but the Jazz can get 10 off of four possessions the way they shoot the three. Are you getting stops in between or are you just kind of trading hoops? That'd be 12, though. Oh, I was thinking a couple threes and a couple twos. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever on that. that, that uh, but I'm not going to go and say, well, this is the way it's going to be in the playoff. I'm going to stick to this entire morning the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans game because that's all that matters. And to say, well, if you play like this, you'll lose in the playoffs, sure. But what's the point of saying that? And you're, you're not playing in the playoffs. 
No, you're not. But it goes to your point that you're going to give them time to learn and get better. So yeah. this is something that you got to take from the Pelicans game, learn from it, and get better. This isn't a perfect team by any stretch. No one, no team is perfect. So I'm, I'm going to allow them the opportunity. If I want to step aside and step back, then I'm going to allow them the opportunity to grow and get better. Absolutely I am. But if we're going to talk in the moment, which is what I want to do, because that's all that matters. I mean, we've been lavishing praise on this team for months. Yes, but they went 20 and 21 for months. Now they've gone three. So you should. Three and three in their last six. They decide what I say, not me. And I want to talk about this game, because this is the only game that we can talk about. And we can talk about abstract concepts, and we have next week to do that because there are no games. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you say it like that. I'd just as soon from the hold third, off on the... all those discussions. That's why I want to talk about the Pelicans game because the Pelicans game got under my skin. And it, it bothered me. And it bothers Quinn Snyder, too. Whatever, I, whatever the level it bothers me, it's like one-tenth of one millionth of one percent that it would bother Quinn. Not that he's going to obsess about it either, but he's going to take it and use it for what he needs to do to help this team gets be- get better. I mean, let's not just go crazy here and, and just look and say, oh, they're going to lose this, and this is the same old Jazz and all that stuff. No. They lost the Pelicans game, a game that they had every opportunity to win, and they should have won. And, yeah, to an extent, maybe as I look at the two Friday losses, the Clippers and the Heat, I'm thinking, well, subconsciously or even maybe consciously, I can accept it a little bit better because of the fact that I view those teams as much better. And the Pelicans, sort of front runners, and whoever that dude was, excellent, excellent, excellent on the commentary. That bugged me uh, because I don't want to hear that. And, you know, they gave a team – uh, momentum and allowed them to feel good about themselves when they shouldn't have. And, and for some reason, Van Gundy bugs me. I don't know what it is. But, uh, he, I mean, he, he wants to be on the right side of history with all of his comments and all they do, all those people on the right side of history, all they do is just criticize. They didn't offer any suggestions on how to, how to make things better. Just criticize. And now you don't hear a peep out of them. And when it's involved in another country, you never heard a peep out of them either. Didn't have much to say on some other issues, but certain his domestic issues, boy, they couldn't shut up. So that's just my own little personal thing. But uh, I don't, I just didn't like the way they played. I didn't like, like the mindset. They allowed the Pelicans to be better than they are. And so the Clippers, I don't think they allowed the Clippers to be better than they are, nor do I think they allowed the Heat to be better than they are, because those teams are good. And I realize the Heat don't have the Sterling record, but when they have their guys, they're still pretty good. So maybe that's why I can accept it a little bit easier uh, on those. And here's a team that should have never been allowed to look that good. Although Zion, man, he is that proverbial bull in the china shop, isn't he? (laughs) Yes. Man. He just looks like he's an unstoppable force. But you you could weather that. I mean, he had 26 and you could have weathered that, but it goes back to like, okay, Zion is very talented. We know that, right? I mean, he's the number one pick for a reason. Everyone watched every Duke game for a reason. But he had 26. He didn't have 46. He didn't have 56. If you lost, 66. you lost because Ball had 23. He didn't shoot it that well. 
How do you let him get going like that? He had so much confidence. That three he shot yeah, at the end yeah. of the game yeah, looked yeah. great. And they had a replay of it. Man, the rotation was perfect. It was great. But it's like, doesn't he have a long history as a shooter in the NBA? He's not a good shooter. He shouldn't be going for 23 on you. you got to take away his free throws and his layups. Make him a jump shooter. He won't go for 23 on you. So, yeah, if, if, if Zion goes off, they might score 110 or 115 points, but they're only getting to 129 and beating you on a night. We're not even talking about Bogey shooting the ball well. Bogey, Bogey had 31. We've all been waiting for that, right? There haven't been enough of those nights for him. No. But it doesn't matter because he got largely offset by Ball, who's not a good shooter, who shouldn't be having 23-point games. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it bugged me watching that. Like, he should, I mean, Zion should be scoring like that. He's a very good player. You know, 26, and if, if their best player, okay, I'm going, I know you just want to focus on the Pelicans, but if you flash forward, if you, if you had a playoff series with the Clippers and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard never score more than 26 points in a game, don't you think you have a pretty good chance of winning? Or if you get to the Lakers and you hold AD and LeBron to 26, don't you have a pretty good chance of winning? It Wait, was, 26 apiece or total? Uh, either one of them. I mean, he was a high scorer well, at 26. Well, if they, if, they, if they certainly uh, total, yes, you will well, win. Well, not I total. No, it. but I would say 26 apiece. At 26 apiece, you can beat those teams. You know, I'm, I'm scared of the Lakers because I think those guys can go off for 35 and they can bury you. But when you, when you let a non-shooter go off, that – why are the Pelicans suddenly better on one night than they've been all year long? Well, if they got 23 out of ball all the time, they'd probably be a better team. But he can't shoot it like that routinely. If he did, he'd still be a Laker. Well, that's not Ooh, true. They wanted AD. Would. Never mind. I take that back. They wanted AD too bad. Okay, they would have given him right. up for AD. All yeah. right, I'll be quiet. For that level, they would have moved him. But okay. you get the point. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we're going to talk college football. Guy Holiday, former University of Utah wide receivers coach, will join us next. Stay with us.